good evening. I hope your super started a little late. We had issues, but it's okay. It happens. I am so excited. Hi! Hello. How are you? I can't complain. Awesome. Oh my god, I am fangirling right now, but I'm trying to stay calm. <laughs> you don't know this, but you're on my vision board, so I'm just gonna take you right off. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> okay. I promise okay. you. Everything this I knew was good. You didn't know it was gonna happen. I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> Ten years awesome. in the process since Fairy Tale was released in 2010. I knew that this is gonna happen. All that's left is for you to declare me as your bestie. But other than that, we're good. <laughs> this is okay, awesome. All right. well, I'm, I'm, happy. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy. Involved, and especially when you say that, so I'm glad this could work out for you. Could work out for us because, uh, right? We're doing it together, it's us together. So, I'm, I'm with you. To I'm with you. Okay, so welcome everyone to Conversations with Plafania. I'm with Zion. Oh my god, ah! okay, trying to calm down. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, Jonathan Hamilton to Zion. Oh my word. How would you, how do you, how do you want me to introduce you? Introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself and don't, don't try to be like humble. Tell it all. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, my name is, uh, I, my stage name is Zion. Um, I'm, I'm affectionately known as Zion. Um, uh, my mother named me Jonathan Christian Hamilton. Uh, I was born uh, in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, but I've been in uh, SA for about uh, since 2004, so so quite some time. Um, yeah. Um, I'm a musician at heart. I'm, I'm many things, but more importantly, I'm a musician at heart, uh, created by nature. It runs in my blood. I have the cliche story. My family was all involved into music. Um, it's just something that I love to do. Something that has always been on my mind. So much so that my dad would, he wouldn't ground me really from being on the phone. He'd ground me from going to the studio and making beats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, that's, I am a lot of things. I am not just one thing, but yeah. the thing that people know me the most for is my love for music and uh, what I love to do in that space. So that's who I am. Right. Do tell us uh, the name Zion. It's kind of celestial and, you know, kind of spiritual, which is something that's kind of coherent with your music. So why that name specifically? Um, speaking of celestial, one of my favorite books is a book called Celestine Prophecy. Um, it deals with, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's fiction, it's, it's written like a story, but it's got, to me, real life gems kind of speaks about uh, how nothing in this life is coincidental. And if you uh, open yourself up and allow yourself to follow, your, follow the signs, um, you have no idea where that, where that thing can take you. Um, for some reason, after reading that book, uh, so, okay, before then, I was in a I was in a gospel rap group. Um, and my name, yes. That's actually oh, where, my 
That's actually how I learned how to, how I, why I started making beats. Before we were using like other people's uh, like soundtracks, like instrumentals to rap over. And I was like, I'm tired of that. Let's make our own beats, let's do our own thing. So I started making our own beats. I started making beats for the group. And in that group, my name was Quest. And I spelled it with a C, C-W-E-S-T. And it was an acronym that stood for Christian Worker Ending Satan's Terror. So, <laughs> and I was very proud of that. I used to say that to leading up to my next question was just about your music it literally has like a frequency it's like so specific of positivity and you just feel anew and just being renewed and happy and just those high levels there's something intentional from the time when you left the gospel group to you know liquid deep to you being an artist producer and so on yeah um i don't know it's a I, music was therapeutic, it is, not was, music is therapeutic for me. It's, uh, it's something that I, it's, it's a way for me to journal, right? And I feel like uh, us as artists, we have a responsibility to speak for those who can't put their emotions into words. That's what we do, you know? That's why certain songs resonate to you because certain songs are like, well, actually, I wanted to say it like that, you know? Yeah. I actually wanted to, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to say. Um, and for me, a lot of the songs that I write, I'm kind of writing to myself. So, especially the motivational uh, pieces, because um, I've, 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 as we all do, I've gone through some really low, dark times. I've gone through times where I've questioned myself, questioned my ability, uh, where I wasn't sure of my place in this world, sure of my place within the industry. Um, so I used the music 
to, to, to give me that thing, you know, to, to give me that energy, to give me that inspiration, to, to hype myself up, you know. Music can be used to cause peace. Music can be used to begin wars. Um, music can be used to soothe you. Music can be used to make you feel down or, or, or depressed or sad. Music is so powerful. So I used it inwardly for myself, kind of selfishly. Yeah. With the mind that I'm writing to possibly speak for somebody else. And a lot of people also say, why do you talk about love so much? You talk about love all the time. You're a love guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an it's a, it's a ever-running love and motivation running theme in my uh, music. I speak about love because love is a universal language, just like music is. Everybody understands uh, losing love, uh, gaining love, the beginning stages of love, the heartbreak, everything around it. People understand that thing. Whether they understand the words or they don't, they understand the feeling, they understand the vibe. Um, and for me, that's just that's just what comes to me naturally, you know. I tend to talk about everything, but those are the two topics that tend to come to me naturally, uh, mainly because I'm speaking about experiences and, like I said, things that I'm trying to motivate myself to get through and want to see others get through, want to see others make it through, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's been my whole thing uh, since the beginning. I think I've, as, as I've, Grown older, uh, my my approach has refined. My attention to detail has refined. In this space that I'm in right now, um, I'm more in a minimalistic uh, state where I'm trying to stay more with less. You know, Ooh. I'm trying. To, yeah, I'm trying not to. You know, keep it simple. You know, what did they say? K I S S. Keep it simple. Super. Keep it, it simple. short and simple. I like that better. Yeah. I like that better. <laughs> I like that Keep yeah. it short and simple because uh, yeah. simplicity is actually very complex. And mm. we are unlimited people, but it's good to have limits. It's good to see what you can do within the boundaries. It's good to strip things down. You know, a chair only needs three legs to stand. A rope only needs three strands to be strong, you know. It doesn't really need a lot. You just have to learn how to scale back and make the most with the little bit that you have. And that's where, that's, that's where I've grown to now. So, um, man, I don't know if I veered off track. Yeah, oh, man, that's so brilliant. <laughs> you know, somebody in the comment section was like, you better preach. And I'm like, listen, take out your notes. This is deep. <laughs> And what people may not know, or may know if they're, uh, you know, followers like I am, that you not only sing, but you write songs, and you've written songs with other artists, and you produce music, and so on, make beats. And I remember there's a time when I was stalking you, because that's what I do. And you had said something about how, for you, it's not about whether people know your name or not. You just want to produce the best that you can. So people didn't know that in Liquid Deep that you did you know some of the beats you made some of the beats you did this and that and i was really taken aback because i thought you just sang and now realizing how multifaceted you are um 
like what what was your line of thinking when you know when you said it doesn't matter how people perceive me just as long as i'm living my authentic truth this whole time yeah in this um, so when liberty deep uh, first when we the first uh uh independent label we signed with was called bass breaks and beats yeah. and their their motto was we let the beats do the talking and um that resonated to me because i always wanted to let the music do the talking right um and it's still that way now um so much so that um i just allowed people to to assume what they wanted to assume i kind of like people to kind of um I like the underdog uh, position. Yeah. I, I like people to kind of stereotype me in a way so that I can break out of whatever box they think they can put me in. Mainly because I'm trying to teach people there are no boxes. Like, whatever you put your mind to, you can do. That's another reason why I don't, I, especially now when the world is so small, I don't believe in genres anymore. I just believe in vibe, you know. Uh, we put names to genres just so we know how to, uh, well, corporations put names on genres They need to use something to be able to capitalize. But for me, it's all about vibe. For me, it's all about feeling. So with Liquid Deep, um, look, me and Razor did work on certain tracks together, but 90% of the stuff that people would hear on radio were all songs that I wrote, produced, composed in the studio by myself, you know, and would, and would play Razor, um, and he'd listen and be like, yo, we gotta put this out. Mainly, one of the main reasons that happened is because at the time, I was purely doing music. Razor was still at his nine to five, so he, you know, he didn't have as much time as yeah. I did, you know? Um, so I had more time to, to to create more output. Um, so a lot of the songs that people know today are ones that I, you know, solely created in that studio back in Edenville, you know, many years ago. I mean, it's, it's 12 years ago now, 13 years ago now. I mean, uh, some of these tracks were made in like 2007 and just ended up making it onto yeah, some some tracks are like old because I I also I still do that, do that now. I tend to sit on things and I have to listen to them, meditate on them, make sure that they're ready to go. I still do that same thing now. Um, I don't mind being well. In the beginning, I didn't mind being doubted. <laughs> okay. In the okay. beginning, I didn't mind being doubted. I think as years went by, my ego started to get in the way. And especially after after the group kind of disbanded, I wanted people to know more about me, just what I do, just what I do, look at what I'm doing. And that's why I'm saying now I'm in that space where I'm like, I'm scaling back. I think I was that way because I wanted to be, I didn't feel accepted within uh, the industry space. I felt like people were just trying to pass me off as the face, yeah. This guy, this accent, 
He sounds weird, but we'll accept him. He made this music. But uh, I always felt like, no, there's more. Please accept me for more. There's more. Accept me. Take me in. Um, where I am now, I'm, I'm, I'm breathing more. I'm, I'm, I'm letting that go, recognizing that um, there's a space for everybody. I don't need to prove myself. I've already done the best that I have with the ability that I have. And my only purpose is to create, put it out there, and let the listener do what they want to with it, you know? Um, so that's where I'm, that's where I've, like I've come, I've come full circle. Like right now in 2022, I feel like I've come full circle. Yeah. Um, I think the pandemic is what did that. The pandemic really woke me up to how quickly things can change and what's really important and what's really not, what really doesn't matter in the end, you know? Um, and that's why I'm talking about scaling back, uh, becoming minimalistic, uh, doing the most I can with just a little bit, you know, um, and not trying to prove myself anymore, you know? Um, I think that's, that's where I'm at right now. That's, that's my space. Yeah. I think the beauty about what you're saying is that it not only is aligned with musicians or producers or people in the music industry, but in life in general, yeah. that we need to prove ourselves. And just, it's such a beautiful life philosophy because especially now, you know, it's social media age and whatnot, it's like, this is how you should live. This is how you should do things. You need to be accepted if you don't, you know, it's like this fight to break out of this mold of what's accepted, but also trying to be authentic, but also, you know, trying to do what sells. So I can only imagine just the process from then, because I think you took, I'm not sure you took a bit of a break from music or from singing of the limelight, because it's just like you disappeared and then you came back and I was like, yes, he's back. But I was, you know, what was going through? Like, what was the process there? Was it like a healing thing that you were going through? I think I got. It's kind of the same reason why Razor left. Like I just got tired of uh, industry politics. You yeah. Know, trying to prove myself to my peers, you know. Um, I felt like my joy for the. For the craft was starting to go away uh, because so many other things became important that were, that weren't important before. You know? yeah. um, so I I don't think that I took a break. What happened is I went on autopilot. My heart was the the, the, the same uh, passion that I had started to dwindle, started to wane. You know, so I wasn't really putting my heart into it as much. You know, um, I think I only really started to regain the joy and the curiosity and the splendor again around 2018, 2019 when I started like really, you know, taking a left, pivoting to the left, you know, yeah. um, and, and really betting on myself. Um, Ooh, so good. You started betting on yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. I think it takes it takes heavy faith to do that, you know, because yeah. uh, like you're saying, we're in a world where uh, we are pushed almost to follow trends, to follow 
what's in at the time, what's popular right now, uh, in order to be accepted. Not recognizing that there's a place for everyone. Trends die. As a matter of fact, trends recycle. They go away, they come back. They go away, they come back. It's better just to be yourself and create your own tribe, create your own table. Um, and you'll be fine. You'll be okay. Like things will work out. It's just right now we're in a in a, in a space where everybody's competing with everyone, even when it's fake, even when it's false. Like, <laughs> we're competing with false images of each other, and that's weird. You know, we're, it's we're weird. competing with highlights. You know, like uh, it's not it's not real life. You know, mm. so I take a lot of times to unplug and. Try to uh, try to get back to real life, you know. Not uh, not compete as much. I said it in. Um, there's a track I have with uh, this producer I love. His name is Zito Moa. Um, and it's a track called Something More. Um, and the verse, the first verse goes uh, staring at the timeline. Thinking about my life got me stuck in my brain, wishing it was my life. <laughs> There's no lie, something that I can't deny. Tried to, pay, tried to play it cool, but my face can't hide all this pain that I feel inside. <laughs> it's like I'm looking at the highlights, wondering why it can't be my life. And that's not Ooh. real, but it's, it's all highlights. It's all it's yeah. not. You can't compare yourself to someone's greatest space. You have to compare yourself to the totality of their goods and their bads. And that's not what we're, that's yeah. not what we're doing right now. You know, that's not what we're, we're not in that world right now. Um, and I got caught up in that too. And I'm, I'm trying, once again, running thing, I'm trying to scale back, minimize, focus on what's important, you know, and let go of all of the, nonsense and noise in my head and outside you know right right yeah. um so when you kind of um do you listen to your own music do you actually take time to like listen to your <laughs> i figured <laughs> it's because it's, it's because by the time you heard it i've heard it a thousand times already right uh, i've heard it over and over not because i don't appreciate it but because I'm done with it. It's time to move on to the next one. You know, by the time you've heard it, I've I've already heard it so many times. You know, I've mixed it. I've, I've made the beat. I've recorded it. I've mixed it. I've mastered it. I'm hearing it over and over and over yeah. and over again. I take my walks. I listen to it. So by the time it comes out, I've already listened to it so much that um, I've kind of distanced myself from it. And I'm moving on to the next one. I'm already thinking about the next one by the time I've already put something else out. So that's typically yeah. what happens. I don't, I don't listen to. Well, I listen to I will say that, which is kind of interesting. I listen to algorithms every so now and then. But I that's think a I'm, good. I'm, I'm proud of that record. I'm really proud of it. January sixth. <laughs> that's my. That's my theme song. That's Thank you so much. <laughs> I love that work so much. I love. It. I mean, it means a lot. It means a lot to me as well, just because of 
that date's very special to me. But yeah, I, um, I really love uh, that album. It's a pandemic album. It's yeah. like a, I pushed I push myself to get out of my head to do, do that album. So it's, for me, it's like a, it's a, it's a triumphant piece, you know, yeah. which happens to be my most streamed album right now too, which I, I'm happy about, which is nice too. Um, I want to do more stuff. Right. But no, besides that one, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> this is so crazy. So tell me, like, how do you experience your music yourself versus how people tell you how they experience your music? Because I can tell you now that it's, you know, like, I feel like musicians, songwriters, you're like lyrical therapists. And sometimes, like you said, you don't have the vocabulary to articulate how we feel inside. And then you hear someone with this very soothing voice, hello, you, and the beats just make sense and they're not overwhelming and they're timeless. And like, that's what I can guarantee because I'm just like, my grandkids are gonna be listening. I mean, after you're gone and you're passed on, you, you know, <laughs> people will still be listening to your music. And it's just like, like I said, it's just, it just conjures this, like energy, the slight of positivity, and it's like, man, here I am in Botswana, and this person right there, and I say, it's changing my life, and he doesn't even know it. It's just changing the state of my mind from this very negative and dark state to this positive state. So, you know, when you hear feedback like that, when people tell you something beyond your music is nice, um, how when you compare the two, like what goes on in your mind with that? Man. Um... I think my very first experience with that is when when Fairy Tale came out. We me and Razor, we didn't I I hated Fairy Like I knew what? the whole thing. No. Oh my word. <laughs> I did not like that song. You gotta understand, you have to understand, like the name is Liquid Deep. We were deep house heads. We were like Deep house heads and fairy tale is like so far from deep house, but something about the song felt real and it it was it was so different. It stuck out like a sore thumb, but it, it just felt real and honest. Yeah. And it was our team that kept telling us, guys, when you. When you when you go to perform it or DJ, please play that song. These are deep house heads asking us to play that song. It confused us so much. <laughs> you guys like deep house too. You know what what happened? What's going on? What's going on? Um, but what what made me um, what made me back off on being so uh, so so strict and critical and hard on what's out there was I started getting messages on Facebook about people saying they would play the song at their weddings oh. as well as people saying they had people who passed away and they would the, the person who passed away they wanted that song to play at the funeral so it's like these two opposing dichotomies spread apart from each other. People experiencing the music in two totally different atmospheres 
that I'm not a part of, I'm only a part of it because the song is mine, but I'm not there. I'm not experiencing what they're experiencing. I don't have the memories that they have. They're attaching their own memories to it. They're attaching their own experiences to it. So I have to give myself enough grace to let it go and just do my job. If, if, if I'm happy enough and excited enough to just allow someone to hear it, even if it's one person, then I just need to let it go. And that's, that's how I experience it now. Yeah. I listen to it. I say, you know what? That's me, that's true. I can let it You know, um, once. Okay, I think I'm back. I think I'm back. We had a load shedding. Yeah, we're back. But I'm back. <laughs> Okay. All right. Letting it go. I'm letting it go. It's okay. I'm yeah. letting it go. <laughs> I just let it go. I let it go. I let people have it. I let people experience it the way that they want to. It's not mine anymore, you know? Um, uh, and that's how, that's how I view things now. That's how I experience yeah. it now, you know? Um, but before, I used to be very critical, you know? Um, if I played... <laughs> If I used to play demos back in the day, I had to leave the room while the person was listening to it because I was so nervous about them hearing it. Yeah, like, not anymore. I let you listen yeah. to it. If, if, I, if I like it enough to, to play it in my car, or if I'm listening to it over and over while I walk, then it's time to let it go and, and, and let the listener do the rest, you know? Right. Uh, artists need to recognize that we are in a we are in a relationship with the listener. Um, mm. A hit is not a hit uh, just because the track sounds good. A hit is a hit because a person attaches their energy to a track that they feel sounds good. There's a big difference, you know? Um, I don't like when people ask to work with me and let's make a hit. I like when people say, let's get together and let's make music. Because the only person who can make a song a hit, exactly. The only person who can make a song a hit is the listener. It's the person who's listening to the song and attaching the experiences to the song, you know. Um, that's my philosophy. That's what I stick to. That's, that's what I live by. That's it. Until I die, that's what I will believe, you know. Um, and it's worked for me. It's worked for me. We're in the business of fine wine, not beer making. Hey, you better say that again. Yeah, this is a fine line. I don't care what you're doing. You know, it's not just about music. You know, whatever your profession does, let your legacy stand the test of time. You know, uh, don't just be a here and now person. Be someone who stands the test of time. You know? um, that's what I'm. That's what I've always been about. Marathon, not sprint. This is the long game. I'm in the long game. You know. Right. I, you know, this is very interesting because I did wonder, it, someone had asked this question, but it was asking a question to uh, an actor. But I did wonder yeah. for you if, if you wanted to initially, like, if even now, do you want to be an excellent artist or do you want to be an artist that makes excellent music? And I, I wasn't even sure. That's <laughs> I know, it's right? It's a tough one. Yeah. I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know how to answer that question. That's a tough one. 
Say it again. Do you want to be an excellent artist? Or, an artist or do you want excellent? who produce who you know releases or publishes excellent music? Who makes excellent music? Oof. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I don't even know how to respond to that. Look, I would look. I would. I patterned myself after some of the greats. So I love Prince. I love D'Angelo. I love Dilla. And I think they were able, okay, that's how I answer the question. They were able to make excellent music because they were excellent artists. Ah. You know? All right, good one, good yeah. one. Like it, that. It's, a, it's, a, it's a trickle down effect, you yeah. know? Uh, um, and being an excellent artist is is being willing to push the boundaries to go beyond the limits to to ruffle some feathers yeah you know cause a bit of controversy you know cause sometimes ask the right questions because some questions do cause controversy. Some questions do cause people to look deeper within themselves and, and see things that they don't want to look at. Um, we're, we are mirrors and some, some reflections aren't so great, you know? Yeah. Um, and those are what the artists that I love would do, you know? They show the beautiful side and the ugly side. Um, even some of my greatest, even some of my favorite painters, you know, Salvador Dali, Cats like that, like they knew how to, uh, uh, like a, a dual, a dualistic approach to life and artistry. You know, um, we're Gemini's, so um, right. So there's a yin and there's a, there's a yang. There's a, there's a there's a shadow and there's a light. And good artists know how to show both sides. They know how to merge both sides, because um, that's the totality of a human, you know? Um, that's what some of my favorite artists were able to do. So I feel like good art, good, good artistry creates good art, you know? Ooh. Yeah. That, you've me. had so many tweetable moments that I'm just proud of. <laughs> I had to listen to this again and actually take notes. <laughs> So I'm like, why doesn't he have his own podcast or something? Like, you need to share. You you are holding back on us, and you are holding back on just just the wisdom that's just packed in here. And you're like, oh, let me just release music. No, you need to speak, write a book, do something. Look, coming from you and, and looking at your no, honestly, let's give yourself a pat on the back too. Coming from you oh, and looking at your trajectory. Um, Congrats on the 9K, 10K coming. So, um, and, and 20K on the way. Hey. Um, yeah, come on, put it up. And look, you're the one who says you put stuff on the vision board and it happens. So, uh, it kind of motivates and inspires me to continue to do the same, to, uh, to hold on to my vision and hold on to my dream, because things can come around. So, hey, coming from a podcaster like you, I'll take it. <laughs> Maybe I need to pivot oh my god. I, I swear. I am calm right now, but I want you to know ah. that after this live is over and done with, I will be screaming for the next two days. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, we, actually, we actually have a question. 
in the comment section one of the few questions that i'll be taking from d d jam djm underscore essay saying from a true gemini do you separate the artist from the art and how mm. i don't think you can yeah i think that you need to learn how to it's like when you're working at a corporate job and you have a family at home and when you come home you need to switch off and be home right i think there are points where you need to kind of separate from the quote unquote artist lifestyle yeah. but you know even now please i know it may sound corny and cliche but it's true even now songs running in my head i have ideas trickling in my mind you know uh i'll be with my wife or at at a, at a dinner and i'll be tapping my feet or my hands cuz there's a beat in my head like i can't i've never been able to uh separate the two it's, it's hard for me to to switch off unless I just get pulled out of the environment and I'm doing something else. But even when it happens, even when I'm in, especially if I'm in a beautiful space, you're going to get inspired, you know, by your surrounding. That's 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 what I'm all about, being inspired by what's around me. So it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to separate the two. <laughs> I see what they're saying there. I feel the same most of the times. But in the arcade. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, you know, we can't really, uh, we can't really, uh, but yeah, it's hard to, it's, it's really hard to separate the two. Yeah. Um, for, for me, you know, like one of my, one of my biggest inspirations is Jay Dilla when it comes to not just beat making, but just artistry, period. And, um on the on his when he was in the hospital on his pretty much his deathbed he had his npc there and he was making he was making albums you know he made a whole album actually this album called donuts that he made while he was on his deathbed weak you know because he just couldn't stop making beats and it was his last album he probably died maybe 3 4 months after you know he put out that record cuz he just couldn't separate the two and i kind of resonate with that because i don't see myself retiring from music how do you retire from passion it's you can't unless you just want to passionate about it in the first place you mm. know Yeah, you can retire from the business of the thing, the capitalistic nature of the thing, but you know, you can't retire from breathing. <laughs> you know, unless you just want to be dead. You know, uh, something that is a part of you is going to continue to go on. You know, and should go on. You know, especially in the creative space. You know, that's just how I look at things. Right. You know, earlier you alluded to making decisions that would make people unhappy, and so I wonder how 
that comes to play when it comes to the business of the music industry. So when you, someone says you're so chilled and wise, I know, that's what I've been saying. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to the business of the music industry, the music, the industry part of music, yeah. um, can you just break it down for just the most simplest, simplest person so that we understand what's going on here? Because most of the things that you said at the beginning, I'm just taking it back because I thought it was just bad. So my mother was, uh, she was a manager for this acapella group called Take Six. Um, they were pretty well known in their spaces. They won a few Grammys. Uh, the first Grammy Awards I ever went to, I went with my mother. I was like 13. She was laughing because I walked on the red carpet like I was somebody. And they were taking pictures. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and she would tell me, because uh, even then I was, I was trying to like give her demos to give to her artist friends. My demos were just lyrics on paper. I didn't know how to record on cassette at the time. Cassette is telling my age. But anyway, um, what, she <laughs> what she would tell me is, this business is 90% business, 10% talent. Jeez, right? Huh? Yeah. So there are a lot of homeless, talented people. Mm. You know, there are a lot of broke people with a lot of talent. But if you don't have the business in line, all you're going to have is talent. You know what I'm saying? Um, you got to get your business in order. And I had to learn that the hard way. Um, uh, I didn't always make the greatest decisions in the beginning. Um, um, but I've learned. I've, I've learned how to... Uh, Take ownership. Ownership is very important. Own your publishing, especially for us artists. Your publishing is extremely important because um, that's your intellectual property. And if you don't own your publishing, somebody else will. And you know, that's generational money that you're you're <laughs> leaving on the table. And I'm talking about having the power to deal with sync deals when, you know, brands approach you or ads approach you or movie uh, people approach you, you know, you're the one who's able to talk the numbers, you know. Um, I think right now for recording artists, as much as you can, stay away from the 360 Stay away from the 360 deal. Stay away from the 360 deal. The reason why I say that is because uh, 360, wait, let me come back. This is a good question. It's owning your publishing, owning your masters. So when you sign, with a record label, they own your masters. Basically meaning they can place it wherever they want with, with your consent or without your consent. Let me put it like this. I was on a 
well-known record label that I won't say. Yeah. International record label. And I wanted to promote my music the way that I like to promote my music. Um, I was doing these live recorded performances that I would uh, tape in my house and I load them onto Instagram and I load them onto YouTube. And because I was signed to this record label, they owned my IP, which means they have this algorithm that, uh, that sweeps the different uh, social media networks, YouTube, Instagram, kind of like this and if they hear the song or if they pick up the song on any one of their networks, they give you a strike. So imagine on my profiles, Instagram and YouTube, I was getting copyright strikes for my own music, right? Yes, thank you, YOLO, intellect, IP, intellectual property. I was getting copyright strikes on my own music. What does that mean? A copyright strike basically is where, you know, your song pretty much gets taken down from the networks. What was happening on YouTube is you couldn't view my performance on mobile. You had to go to a computer, which who does that? I mean, people, some people still do that, but most people still, do yeah. You had to go to a computer in order to view the, the performances. On Instagram, it would just get struck completely. Like, only I could see the post. Nobody else could see the post, right? This is what owning your masters is all about. You know, they, they own your IP. Now, when you're in a 360, it goes even further. Yeah. They own your likeness, which is you, which means any merch with your face, or if your face is on TV, or whatever you're doing in a public space that you could possibly get money from, they're going to get a cut from. That's merchandise as well. They get a cut from the shows that you do. Even though they didn't make the music, uh, even if they weren't even at the show, they get a cut from that. Um, they pretty much own your life. <laughs> they pretty much own you for a, a, a period of time. And I always, I, I try to tell artists today, you know, you can do a publishing deal, which is fine, as long as the splits that you own are higher. If it's a nice 70-30 split, fine. Because it's not that the record label doesn't, they don't do anything, fine. They're gonna help market you, and there's marketing dollars and all of that. But don't let them own 100%, even 50%, you know? Even 50%, I feel like, isn't fair. 70-30 or 80-20 is probably the best, you know? Luckily, you know, luckily I have my publishing. 
luckily I was able to get out of that deal because yeah. you know they didn't, let's be let's just be real they didn't really believe in the, the music as much anymore and they were wrong because some of the songs kept going so that's what happens <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly I was able to get control of my IP again you know yeah. my catalog was mine you know once again you know what I'm saying um, yeah. You gotta have your business in mind, or I think that's that's the biggest thing that takes the joy out of this this uh, this industry. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest like, thing. If you don't have your business in mind, mm. I mean, I can't imagine how mentally exasperating, like draining, it could be to be in a position like that where you sold one dream and you're experiencing a different reality yet we who listen to music or see things on the outside we're just like oh man this is incredible but you don't even own your life yeah you don't I mean the, the funny thing I get a lot from people is are you still making music and like, where are you at where are you up to and I get that question mainly because I'm purely independent right. so I'm not playing the same marketing game I don't have the same marketing push, you're not gonna see me on the same networks like the big TV networks and all of that, like I used to. Because back in the day, we had that, we, we had that machine behind us. So I know both sides. And I'm very content with where I am right now. Look, I want to be able to uh, approach some PR people or whatever to help get the message out there more. But I want to do it from, like, mm. From, from me, you know, I want to pay for that thing. I want to invest in that thing. I don't want somebody else to do it. I want to be able to headhunt and say, this is who I want to work with. This is who I want to represent me. It must come from me first, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It must come from me first. I, I don't want to sit back like I used to and let somebody else do it for me. I'm in the space where yeah. now I'm trying to get a proper brand and business, you know? Yeah. Um. So someone was saying that, um, was asking if there are benefits. I mean, I'm sure there are benefits of being in a 360 mm -hmm. deal, but you guys, it's like signing your soul away. <laughs> the, the benefits are mainly for, you have to be like a Justin Bieber or a yeah. Rihanna or like, you have to be generating crazy amounts of money in order to reap, mm. you know, big benefits from that. If you decide you want to do it, just know that the work doesn't stop once you get signed, right? right? Get your lawyer and make sure that you check all of the details. Make sure that you have an accountant who uh, who is auditing everything. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you want to really decide, just make sure you have all of those things in place first, not afterwards. Don't use the record label's lawyer. Don't use the record label's accountant. Use your own, you know what I'm saying? Figure that, figure that stuff out, find people. The world is way smaller now, it's easier to find those things. But have those things in place before you, you know, try to get into a deal or, you know, you're gonna be, you know, you're, you're, you're gonna have the, the, the wind knocked out of you, you know? The joy is gonna be taken from you. And, I don't want to see that happen to artists, you know, at all. 
especially now it's much easier now yeah and i mean there's just so many budding artists and you know from different social media networks and you see them you know they're popping getting record labels and signings and you're like ah well i hope you know what you're getting yourself into yes. um, but you tell me this what systems should artists put in place like in terms of like legalities and you mentioned accountants and everything like it's so important to know what you're getting yourself into as opposed to being told this is what you're getting and this is the result so um what, what advice would you give an artist or a musician um who's about to get into to this industry i say <laughs> i say someone is paying more costs you have to look at it differently my brother you have to look at it differently one time investment more investment mm. more investment right? And I don't say that to 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 brush off anybody's financial situation. I know it's not always easy, but we have to look at it two ways, you know, what's working for you and what's working against you. Um what you should have in place. What I've learned, what I've done is register for a PTY get your name get your company together get your tax sorted uh there's so many places where you can do that now where i did was a place called govchain online all you need is how many of how many whatever names you want uh and they'll choose whatever name is available to make sure that your tax is sorted that your tax papers are sorted go to samro sign up with samro sign your company up and sign up personally as an artist go to sampra sign up with sampra these are all collection agencies go sign up with those companies go to resa sign up with Risa so that you can have your own ISRC codes the codes that they use for streaming and for radio play that's what they're able to uh identify how many plays are happening yeah yes whatever you call it whatever whatever it's called in whatever country you are the thing is the same the the process is the same and then if you're an indie artist check out you know the 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 distributors that the distributors that are happening right now distrokid tunecore you know spots like that where you don't have to go to a record label you can go to these distributors and get your music out on all of the platforms yeah now look i'll be honest the money that the streaming networks are taking from artists are it's terrible it's terrible i mean we're, we're we're getting less than a cent from you know our streams you know um but rather the devil you know than the devil you don't and rather you you know and rather you be in control of how things go out when things go out how you want it to sound you don't have anybody telling you what you should be doing or what you should be doing you know um 
Yes, another good reason for two-core distro kit is they do give you the IRC codes. They give you the UPC codes, the EIN numbers, which are the barcode numbers that you would need as well. They give you all of that stuff, you know, along with signing up. These are all necessary things in order for you to uh, uh, monetarily gain from your own catalog. Sign up with PayPal uh, so that everything can come to your PayPal as well, you know, so that you're making stuff in dollars, whatever it is. Um, you know, it's much easier than it was before, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, guys, I know it takes money. It does take money to invest in these things. But, you know, registering a company is once off. The payment is once off and, and you're done. You just got to keep up with, uh, you know, the certain costs that you need in order to keep it running, a certain tax costs, all of that, to make sure that you're safe. But it's about investing in yourself, you know. Invest in yourself. Don't sit back and wait for somebody else to do it for you. Or you're going to drown, you're going to sink. You know, take it from me. I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I've been on autopilot and I've just tried to let everybody do it for me. And I didn't know what was going on. Now I'm in the space where I want to know everything that's happening. I've got to know what's going on with what I'm doing, you know. I love my music and my craft too much to let it just happen, just just be flowing in the wind wherever it goes or how. No, we gotta take responsibility for our art, you know. Um, but that's how I feel. Yeah. Oh man, so tell me this. Um, what, from from your, because you look like, it seems like you're like, you've been in the industry for so long and you've seen stuff. So tell us what misconstrued ideas you think young or new artists have about the music industry, specifically the business side of things. Um, don't ever think. Re- remember that you are a commodity. You are not a person in these industries. You are. You're a product. So you're already dehumanized because you're a product. Mm. So the label heads and the ARs and all of those people who are smiling at you and laughing with you and telling you how great you are and blah, 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 blah. As soon as your craft or your input is not as cool anymore, they're going to run. <laughs> They're gonna, they're gonna turn from you. Those calls will not be the same. They're gonna tell you that you fell off. When most of the time, all you did was uh, evolve, and it's okay to evolve. And most A&R and record execs are musicians themselves. So how do they know? Um, do not ever forget that you are a commodity to these. You are a product to these people. So the human element is already gone. It's non-existent. That's why a lot of us as artists and musicians become depressed. We struggle with depression. Our mental health is low. All of those things because we put our self-worth on sinking sand. We put our self-worth 
on people who are just going to move on from us so quickly. As soon as the next thing they feel is big, they're moving on to that and they're going to leave you dry. No matter how you are, no matter where your headspace is, no matter how you feel, they're going to leave you dry. So, love yourself. Stick to your guns. Bet on yourself. Trust very few when in the industry space. Trust very few. Um, listen to yourself. Listen to your heart. It's not going to lie to you creatively. You know? Minimize the amount of people that you have in your circle. A lot of people that come around are going to be yes men. Cut out the yes men. Keep the people who are going to tell you the truth about your craft and about what you're becoming within your craft. People who are going to tell you, you know what, you're starting to lose yourself. This isn't who I know. You need those people around because industry people are not going to tell you that. Industry people like you to not be sober-minded. Mm. People who aren't sober-minded sign contracts more quickly. People who are not sober-minded don't look at the details. They want people to not be sober-minded. They want people to be weighted down by their depression and their anxiety so that they don't really look into the details. So love yourself, believe in yourself, respect yourself, respect the craft, and that'll take you a long way. Trust me, it'll take you a long way. Mm. I, you'd swear that is an answer you had prepared prior to the conversation because it was perfect. And the best part is that it wasn't, it's not just relatable to anyone who's in the music industry right now. I'm like, yeah, I'm reduced my circle. Some people gotta go. Oh my exactly. God. It's life, man. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not just music, man. Dude, what I tell everyone that I come across is the only reason why they call us stars is because we're in this box that plays every day and you see us all the time. Yeah. But there are teachers in your community there are humanitarians in your community. There are single mothers, single fathers, people who are adding value to life that are, that are showing up every day, that are the true superstars, that are the true stars, but we don't see them that way because they're not in this box. You know, they're not marketed or promoted as this esteemed person, you know. Um, we got to, we got to really humble ourselves, you know. Um, I was, I was looking at a, <laughs> we were in the dark and uh, there were two uh, wine glasses on the table. And the light was shining on one. And the shadow of, of the light shining on one of the, 
wine glasses was huge. It was like big on the wall. And then you had the other wine glass that didn't have a light shining on it. And I said to my wife, I was like, this is actually what the limelight actually is. These two glasses are the same size, but when the light is shining on it, the shadow is way much bigger. The image is way bigger. It's not really true, it's just a bigger image, but it's the light that's making the image bigger. But the two glasses are still the same. They're the same size. They hold the same amount of drink. The only thing that changed the other one is the light that shined upon, upon the other light, the other glass. It's the same thing with us, you know what I'm saying? Like, we only look bigger because we have a certain light that shined on us. But we're the same. We're, it's all perspective. I breathe like you. I go to sleep like you. I eat like you. There's nothing better than me, than you. I'm not worse than you either, you know? We are all just people, you know? People with, people with flaws, imperfect people, you know? Um, and that's what we need to recognize, even as artists, that's what we need to recognize. I tell that to everyone, everyone I come across, you know? This is so crazy. I'm wondering right now, if, you know, I've, I've, um, the temperament that artists are typically aligned with, and I know we kind of passed an hour, but hey, who cares? Um, but uh, so artists are typically known as people who are melancholic and really in their heads. And so just listening to you now, you sound like someone who's very deep in thought and takes a lot of time thinking. And I wonder how you experience yourself, because right now a lot of us, I see it in the comment section. Oh, like genius, man! Lives are being changed right now. Motivational speaker, inspirational speaker, all of that. So, you know, how do you in, in, in experience yourself as an individual, um, as passionate as you are with your craft, and and just having it experienced all you've experienced? Someone said you need six hours. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, uh... How do I experience myself? You know, I'm pretty, I am in my head a lot and I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty critical of myself. I think, I think it's a good question. I think uh, in the space that I am right now, I need to give myself a bit more grace and loosen up a bit, you know, like, uh, especially, like I said, looking at the pandemic and especially all of the artists and people that we've lost, I, I, I shouldn't take this life or this, yeah, this life so seriously. It's so beautiful and so, uh, complex that it should just be experienced without trying to change it too much. I'm a natural control freak. You know, I like things to be a certain way and everything cannot be controlled. Everything can't be perfectly aligned how you want it. Sometimes you have to allow the 
the you need the storms to come. Mm. You need to be shaken up. Sometimes you need to be uneasy. Yeah. Just so that you can recognize when things are becoming okay. Wow. You can't be grateful truly for life when everything is all right. Because then you start to take it for granted. You really start to love life and appreciate life when you have the storms, when you have the turmoil. You need it. It's a part of being human. And that's where I'm at. I'm trying to just allow whatever happens to happen. Now, I'm not saying not be responsible. I'm not saying yeah. care. But I'm saying you're doing the best you can. If you're doing the best you can with what you have, then that's all you needed to do. Life is going to be life, so allow it. It's like going to the gym, right? You can't, you, you, you can't build muscle without resistance, right? You need resistance in order to build muscle. You know, you pick up easy weights, you're not gonna go far. You need to pick up the weight that's hard, the weight that's gonna push back, the weight that's tough to pull up. Um, that's what's gonna make you stronger. So I'm learning day by day to try to give myself more grace, not be so hard on myself allow life to be life and just let that be beautiful allow life to be like improv you know there's beauty in improv um and you're not always going to hit the right notes but all of the notes matter <laughs> it all matters in the end you know it all matters you know so you just you just you just you just allow whatever is going to happen to happen as long as you've done the best that you can with your life. And things tend to work out good and bad. They all tend What's been proven to me over and over and over and over again, every single time I get anxious, every time, single time I get stressed is, there was no reason to be stressed. <laughs> There was no reason to be anxious. Just because it didn't work out now doesn't mean it won't work out at all. Things will come together and sometimes things are really beautiful in hindsight because then you can look back at all of the things that happened in order for you to get to the space where you are, you know? Mm. And you realize all of those things were actually needed in order for you to get to the space where you are, you know? So I think in this season of my life, I'm experiencing myself in, in that way, you know? Uh, um, having more fun, having more joy, you know? Uh, being curious again, uh, taking risks again, you know? Once again, running theme, betting on myself, you know, mm. uh, that's, 
that's how I'm trying to experience myself these days, you know? Yeah. Mm. God, I don't think you realize this, but you really did take us to Zion, hey? We're just <laughs> at the top. <laughs> Best believe I wrote the, that line before we started this interview because I didn't <laughs> I was like, I'm going to throw in that line one way or another. <laughs> so, um, gee whiz, I'm just so like, oh my God. All right. Do you get this request a lot? Because when I, I, I mean, I posted this, uh, our flyer, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be interviewing you. It's great. So amazing. And a lot of people were like, so why don't you ask me to sing fairy tale? Do you get that request? <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying it would be great if you just sang a little bit of it. You don't have to. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I get it from time to time. You know, I get it from time to time. I don't know. Still. I hate that thing. I always hate this. I was so happy. I was so happy. I was so happy. I feel like that guy with the guitar on a campus trying to sing to the girls. <laughs> Biting his lip. Oh, oh my God, no. <laughs> they can play. Go to your phone and... Uh, <laughs> Someone's like... <laughs> it's, I, it's so crazy. It's so crazy to say. I mean, the fact that you're no, calling I it that that, I, I won't lie. People, people, I, I get asked that a lot. I don't know. Oh, no, it's not the time. It ain't the time. We're doing so good. We don't have to. <laughs> Listen, I had to do it. I had to ask. I don't want to be hated on or canceled. I, I, I'm just fulfilling my duty. I mean, someone in the comment section said we wouldn't be mad, you know? So either no, way, whatever you decide to do. I'll sing one of my favorite songs. I think it's a very okay. beautiful song for right now. <clears throat> Mary had. A little lamb. <laughs> it was a little lamb. Oh my lord. <laughs> nice one. It was a little lamb. That's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, Put my on Mary's nice. was very deep. She had that lamb. It was a little lamb. She did, though. And it was a little very lamb. It's very, very important. It's a very small lamb. Simple. Very important. I don't know if she ate it afterwards. I don't know. This lamb is very nice. Start to be vegans and vegetarians. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, <laughs> oh my god. Yo, see, y'all don't find it on the Y'all don't find it on the It's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. It really is a classic. Um, but all in all, this has just been such a mind. I mean, listen, I came in this with the intention of learning and just becoming, and of course, picking off my vision board. Hey. But more than anything, <laughs> More than anything, you are, and dare I say, you are absolute and truth. And it's so difficult to, you know, because I interview different people in various industries. And when I was like, okay, the music industry, you is, which authentic artists do I follow? And I'm not saying others aren't authentic, but like you are very much drawn to authenticity. And I believe the listeners are and have been, you know, drawn to who you are. And the thing is, you really. Like we've we've bought into who you are, your philosophy, your values, your ethics, 
and what it is you're bringing to the table. And it's just so amazing how vulnerable you've been with us and honest and sincere. It's just so rare, which shows how powerful of a being you are. And it makes so much sense now because you can't fake the music that you're making. Like you can't be down deep and then not be deep, you know? So thank you so much for not robbing us of who you are in this whole conversation. I am so grateful for the close to two hours that we spent talking. <laughs> so grateful for it. And, um, thank you a million times over. I, I, this, is, this is the real deal. I'm just saying it's, it's been a great time. Once again, for the last time, respect to you and everything that you're doing. Oh my God. Like I said, 10K on the way. Your consistency is amazing. A lot of people can learn from, uh, you know, consistently hitting at the rock until you get to the diamond. So, yeah, respect to your consistency. Whoever's listening right now, there's a lot that you can learn from this lady. So, um, keep it going, keep it going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep checking it out, watching you progress. Um, wow. Thank you for having me on. I, I don't like interviews. This was really great. This was awesome. So, I'm happy to be involved. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah. You're, you're, the, you're the bomb diggity and fairy tale still remains one of my favorites. So sorry um, about that. <laughs> and uh, thank you to our audience for tuning in. It's been so amazing. And uh, this, this, this whole uh, conversation will be available tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, and for the whole world to listen to and just be blessed by this incredible gentleman. Thank you so much, Sian, and enjoy right. the rest of your evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.